they're actually not really about it. Like something else is here, but you're so far into it already that you just kind of accept that. And you're just like, okay, well, I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I need to do to like, you know, survive because it kind of felt like leaving wasn't an option. I'm back on Whiskey and Lemon with Flo Pid, and we are jumping into more of her experience being a nun. You were a nun for seven years. Yes. And I'm just really ready to dive into just your experience after the fact and, you know, just kind of looking back on it and everything. And we actually talked a bit offline and you were saying you love talking about this experience. I don't know if you love talking about it, but it's like liberating for you. You feel like it doesn't have any control over you. Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, um, like, kind of to piggyback off what I we kind of ended on like our private conversation or whatever last week um was just like I I really don't mind talking about nun life and kind of like delving into it and explaining stories or even like going into like the psychology of like the things that happen just because like I feel like the more that I talk about it like the less like resentful I've become like throughout the years and like I think now that like I'm out and like living like my life and stuff like I just feel like freedom and like liberation is like one of like my bigger goals like in my life like spiritually or like even like on a mental health level and like this is one of the ways where I feel like yeah like this is freedom man like just to be able to talk about it and like feel like they don't really have that power over me and like I shouldn't be ashamed of it you know what I mean like yeah like I feel like shame is so debilitating and it can be so like confining and I feel like talking about like the demons and like the struggles and I mean because it's such a big part of you like all of our experiences are right like yeah every everything we go through is such a big part of like who we we are at the present moment and I feel like talking about it really like you honor that you honor that side of you who went through that, even though like maybe they didn't make the smartest choices or like, hey, like you should have left earlier, but like you honor those parts of you when you were younger and you know, you didn't have like the hand or like the tools that you have now as like older, older you, you know what I mean? So right. like, I, yeah, like I feel like there's no shame in like talking about it. And like you, I feel like everyone, you know, you deserve like the freedom to like be vulnerable in that sense. And like, people judge like whatever like I have no control over that like I'm just telling my story dude you know what I mean like yeah like however you want to spin it like I'm just telling you what I've experienced and like if you're entertained cool you know what I mean yeah right get a laugh out of it cool yeah mm -hmm. I mean I think there's like a, a beauty in that too because we all like whether it's just an experience or not saying that you're ashamed of it but if even somebody has an experience that they are ashamed of it's like we all go through that so it's better that you're like taking some good out of it. Right. Like, yeah, I kind of think of it as like with the pandemic, for example, like I actually started my, which I'm sure like a lot of people started their podcast in the pandemic, but it was like, (laughs) you know, like there was so much, there's obviously so much negative that came from that. And I'm like, I'm going to find one thing that I can actually pull good out of because I'm not going to let it like tear me down. Like let me be productive in some way and find one good thing I can like look back on the situation from. So it doesn't take control of me. Yeah. And and also to feel like, you know, like you can hold space for like being grateful for your experience and also feeling like, you know, it wasn't cool. It wasn't right. It was it was really shitty. Like those two like thoughts can like hold space in the same way. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to choose one or the other. Like they can both exist in truth at the same time. And that's fine because I feel like most of our life experiences 
are that you know what I mean like yep. it's both shitty and great <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right, right. and it's and it's fine you know like it's cool it's cool it makes it that's what makes us fucking human you know and I I just want to embrace that more I guess preach preach <laughs> that's um, my TED talk <laughs> low paid everybody um <laughs> so if we if we go back to when you were actually in the nunnery like mm -hmm. especially as you're talking about like how you you know look back on the experience now and dealing with mental health how did you how did you kind of manage or maintain your mental stability while you were actually in the nunnery oh, I don't know if there was any stability <laughs> to be honest yeah. I just feel like um you know like there kind of came a point where it, you were just kind of in survival mode and okay you know like you just kind of did things to protect yourself I feel like we all do that like when we're younger right like we kind of develop like these weird or our own like coping mechanisms to protect ourselves from like the feelings of feeling bad and uncomfortable and guilt and like ashamed and all that stuff right like mm -hmm. and I feel like especially like in Catholicism there's a lot of like Catholic guilt and if you're if you grew up Catholic you know what the fuck I'm talking about like it's always like used against you and I feel like for me I just kind of became so indifferent about everything and that's mm -hmm. how I felt like I was able to like stay to a certain degree of like san like sanity or like sane you know what I mean like I just was like nothing matters like I'm just trying to like get through the day nothing's no you know what I mean like I don't know like I think I became really like jaded um okay and that's why early on to the experience I think I think probably like halfway, halfway through, like I, I was really obviously like really passionate about like joining and like doing God's will and like, you know, doing whatever they told us that God wanted us to do and like what our vocation or like our destiny was in a sense, right. like yeah. what we needed to do to be like good soldiers for Christ and like save souls and repair for sins and like, you know, all this like checklist, like this whole checklist of like what it meant to like be holy and like become a saint and I was so passionate about that until you get deeper into it and I think you know a lot of people can relate to this where you start to see like the flaws in the system right like you yeah. start to see like how politics plays such a huge part of the decisions that they make over people and then you start to see that like the people who are teaching us these things aren't really practicing that you know what I mean like like they would teach us poverty and like we took a vow of poverty so like that whole like you know nothing belongs to you you have your you don't have your own money everything is given by Christ everything's donation based but then we see like superiors walking around with like designer bags and it's like yeah. uh like one in one like it's not making sense you know what I mean and right. you start to see that and you just start to be like okay so whatever Are we the, not holding the wealth because you just you're supposed to <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. whatever the fuck I join and whatever the fuck they were preaching like it's they're actually not really about it like something else is here but you're so far into it already that you just kind of accept that and you're just like okay well I'm gonna stay in my lane I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I need to do to like you know survive because it kind of felt like leaving wasn't an option Okay. And it's, especially when I was in the Philippines, like it just, you know, it was so far, you don't have your own phone, you don't have access to a phone, like, you know, cell phones don't work the same way in the Philippines as they do here. 
like data and like all that stuff. Like we didn't have internet, we didn't have Wi-Fi. So it's like, if I wanted to leave, how the fuck was I going to contact like the people, like my family to like, get me the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? And then we're out in like the middle of the country. Like I can't drive. Like, I don't, I don't know how to get a bus. I don't have money. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it just kind of, you just feel lost and you just feel like, damn dude, like I just, I just like, this is my life. Like you just accept that. And you're just like, I just have to like get through the day without getting scolded or like being punished or being reprimanded or whatever. Like, I'm just trying to get through the day. And like, if this is what God wants for me, then like, maybe this is my life. And I just like, the sooner I can accept that, like the easier it'll be. And like, you know, it kind of came to that point where you just accept it. And like, you, you just, you you go with it and like, whatever they tell you, don't question. And you're just kind of numb and you're like, okay, yeah, like, we'll do that. You know, like, like you don't, you're really not there anymore. You know what I mean? Like your Mm -hmm. will's not like their whole, there was like a whole thing about like, you know, it's God's will, not yours. So, you know, that whole motto was also like repeated to us. So you just kind of like repeat it to yourself whenever you felt like, like conflict within you or like a contradiction or something that you didn't agree with and you were struggling with internally, like you just be like, oh, like God's will, not mine. And it was easy as that, right? Like to just put aside like your own pain about anything and just like continue on. So, okay. Yeah. So mental health, uh, not a thing, not a thing in that life. Not a thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Not really important. Yeah. Man, do do you feel like as a, like holistically that this the experience changed you? Like I know you like look back on it and there's ways that you're like I don't want to be resentful, but like do you feel like in any way it's like and I don't want this to sound like negative because it could even be a positive, but like in a way that it changed your personality, like made you just view other things outside of just spirituality or religion like viewed those things differently. Yeah, I I I mean 100% I think because when when I was younger like my mom was like a single mom and she was like raising me to be like a very like independent woman and like you know be strong and be brave and all these things like she was very much like on her um you know god is a woman era when I was growing up (laughs) and like so like I you know like those were like early beliefs for me and I think when I entered um you couldn't exist uh, peacefully with those kind of ideals, right? Like, because it's it's all about like putting you aside and like you are nothing, you know. Like God is everything. Like, um, you have to ge- surrender everything to God and let go every like let go of everything to God. Like you you are just an instrument. You're a tool. Like you need to empty yourself to become like this vessel for God, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, I feel like in a sense like, um. I, it changed me in a way where like, I didn't, when I got out, like, I didn't really know how to stand up for myself anymore. I mean, granted, I was 15 when I left, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, like teenagers don't really, like, I feel like from the age that I left, or to the age that I entered from the age that I left are like the years that you really learn your voice, right? Like, yeah, like, you, you know, were at and jump <laughs> off, and then it was like taken. Yeah. And so like, yeah. I, I, I definitely feel like I didn't, get to learn a lot of like those like kind of fundamental things as a young adult of just like being able to have the confidence to like say what you want because at that point like everything that I wanted was you know they told me what I should want so it's like I didn't even 
you know, like, I didn't even know, like, what I actually wanted. Like, I didn't even know, like, how to, like, listen to, like, my own opinion. Like, it was that bad, you know what I mean? Like, mm. where it was, like, because I was nothing, right? Like, I'm just, like, this yeah. empty, empty vessel for God. Right. And so, like, your whole, like, self-identity is, like, totally non-existent. And so, like, that, my, when I came back, like, my mom was, because she knows me the best. Like, she's, like, my best friend. Um, she knows like everything about me she's we've always been really close like um, and you know I came back and she was just like who are you like like what have you done with my daughter kind of thing yeah um, but at the same time like she would still see like these like glimpses of like oh she's still there you know what I mean like they didn't they didn't take her completely away or they didn't erase her completely like you're still you you know what I mean it's just like you just have to be brave enough to like do like yeah sit in that lean in that you know what I mean do you feel yeah. like it um and, and maybe you don't know the answer to this but do you feel like it made her like emotional to kind of see that or do you feel like it was more just a, like confused of like who was this person in front of me no my mom I know like for a fact like she felt really really guilty about like because you know when I left I started telling her like what happened inside because obviously like we weren't allowed to do that while I was inside and you didn't want like oh, right. so she's hearing this after you had already endured it for seven years like yeah and yeah. so like like the whole sleeping situation and eating situation and you know like our lifestyle basically like in the Philippines and you know she was just like I know I could see it like you could see it in her face like she just felt so incredibly like guilty like why did God, like, if I knew it was going to be like that, I wouldn't have never let you go. I would have never given you, like, permission to, like, leave. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, as parents do, like, um, but after I kind of, like, saw that, like, I remember one time she asked me, like, what's the saddest meal, like, you guys had when you were a sister? And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, one time we got, like, three, like, crackers and, like, a half a cup of I juice. I knew you were about to say crackers. <laughs> this is crazy. And like, that was our lunch. And she started like crying, dude. And I felt, I felt so bad. And I was just like, fuck, like, maybe I shouldn't tell her these stories anymore. Cause like, I don't want to, I don't want her to feel bad. Like that, that was my choice. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she, she, she allowed me to make my own decision. Um, but I'm and, sure in you telling her also brought you guys closer, right? Yeah. I mean, we it were took her along for the yeah we were already so close but like I feel like she like understood like this other layer of like yeah I'm her daughter but she had no idea like this whole chunk of like my life you know what I mean like no one did no one did so like even when I told like my brother he was just like what the fuck dude are you fucking serious and I was just like like you know because when I was telling these stories it 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 never hit me like that these were like extremely like crazy things you know and this is your you're younger you have a younger brother right because I remember you say your mom was pregnant at the time that you left um so I'm the only girl out of four kids so I have oh. an older I have I have an older brother and then I have two younger brothers yeah Got it. okay yeah, yeah yeah so um my older brother I was really close with because we were closer in age um but yeah when I came back he was just like yo what the fuck like and yeah and you and like when people start saying those things like when you're saying your stories you then you start to kind of like oh like is that not, is that not okay? Is that not what you were doing at home while I was over there? Yeah. 
like is this not is this not like acceptable yeah. like that is so that then i'm weird? sure them catching you up on their life while you were gone was like whoa what you did what <laughs> no dude it was a fucking trip like when i came back like i felt like i it was like a time machine like everything was different everyone was so grown from like the last memories i had of them mm. and like we have this saying and like the nun life where like the age that you enter is like the age that you stay obviously because you don't you know what I mean like you don't like grow up with like people and like you don't go to school so it's like I felt like I was oh this is like an undercover like saying you mean yeah like internally like this was like a saying like we would say to each other like oh like the age that you enter is like the age that you stay and like I I definitely felt that when I came back I was like holy fuck yeah I'm 15 but I'm in like a 22 year old body I don't know like this is like so it was so surreal to see like friends and like family and they're like grown and they have careers and they're like in college you know what I mean like I was or, just, like babies like, yeah. it's, like and what? I was just like oh my god you guys are like uh, like you, you guys are like adults adults like you guys are like what my parents like what our parents were doing when I left you know what I mean like it was so it was so crazy. So you're, and you're way. saying too, if you had like, say you go in at 15 and say your brother's like 17, you're coming out at 22, he's 24. It's like, he's 24, but you're still feeling like you're 15. Yeah. Cause I, I barely learned how to drive when I got back. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I just, I, I didn't have a job. I never went to school. Like I barely got my GED. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it was just a mind fuck, dude. It was such, and then like technology, like I have like the funniest oh, yeah. story when I got back to the States for the first time um you know they picked me up from the airport and then they took me to I believe it was a Burger King and you know we ordered at the counter as you do and then you know how they hand you like a cup if you get like a combo or whatever and you go Mm -hmm. to like the soda machine to go get your soda right so they hand me the cup and they're like oh go ahead and you know get whatever you want and like I I go to the fucking like soda machine and I'm like staring at this machine for the longest time because it's a touch screen and like when I left it, you know what I mean like it was like the old school like you just place your cup under like whatever drink yeah. you want and you push the button but this was like a touch it was like one it was like one nozzle and like a touch screen and I was like okay like <laughs> I had no idea how to use this I was like okay if I touch the screen and it's not a touch screen I'm gonna feel so fucking stupid but like I don't know how else to do this because there's only one yeah. button there's only one button and there's only one like nozzle and I literally was staring at this shit. Little like, do you know you're like supposed to talk to it or something. I, I know. Like, is this voice activated? Like, I don't, like, I, I had it. like, when did this happen? You know? I was like, and, why is she just stand there? Like, soda, please. Yeah. And like, someone came up and was like, oh, this is how you do it. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. But was it but, an know, employee or just like another customer? No, it was like the person who picked me up from the airport. And I was just oh, like, okay. but I was just like, damn, man times have changed like I don't know what this technology is like this is crazy this is crazy like yeah man um so even that it was just like it just felt like I went in a time machine honestly yeah it was so it was it was a culture shock (laughs) I bet oh man (laughs) did did you feel um when you mentioned that you were like telling your mom like oh this is the saddest meal that we had like since you when you were in the nunnery you had this assistant that you know was listening in on all these calls Mm -hmm. once you were telling your mom these things back at home was there like any nervousness you had like feeling like there were people still listening like was it like taking you out of a comfort zone to be able to talk freely about it um no oddly enough I think 
if anything, um, I didn't feel like people were like listening or like, you know, had that like kind of like PTSD, if you can call it like that, like, oh my God, yeah. like, but I, I felt more like I shouldn't say a lot because I needed, like, I had like the sense of like, I should protect the congregation that I came from. Because a lot of the friends that I reconnected with are still tied to this congregation, like through the youth group that I joined, you know, so they were like still in church and they were church friends and like they knew the people that I knew, you know what I mean? So it was like, I felt like I I couldn't say exactly what happened or like I, I had to like sugarcoat it a little bit because I needed to like protect them. Yeah. Um. Okay. But when I was around family, I feel like my guard was a lot, like, more down, for sure. Like, I didn't have that fear because, like, my family's not very, like, in the church like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was it was nice to kind of, like, speak freely. And I think that's where I, I learned really, like, damn, like, okay, like, that, that shit really wasn't okay. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. But with, like, outside of, like, my house, like, with church friends and, like, my friends, when I reconnected with them, there definitely was, like, this feeling of, like, they were expecting me to be a certain way because I was a nun. Like, for sure. And I remember, yeah. oh, my God. So, like, when I first got out. So, um, sorry. Sorry, wait. And so when you came back, did you just still have, like, the little sideburns or, like, what? <laughs> For some reason I just remembered you saying you were like in the shower like with the shampoo like yeah 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 yeah. no like um so we have there was like a saying in like the nunnery that like if you were growing out your hair because obviously we're always wearing like veils Mm. and like even when we sleep you have like sleeping veils and so okay I mean you can without I mean it depends who your superior is like they'll be like oh you have to wear sleeping veils or like no you don't have to so it really depends like who your superior is but um so they have like a saying in nun life where like, oh, if she's, if her hair is long, that means she's trying to leave. Like, you know, she's trying to like make her escape. And so like, <laughs> the because they year, couldn't force you to like keep it shaved, right? I mean, they, they could technically, mm. but you know, if you like kept it under the wraps and you kept a little radar, like no one would really notice. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so like the last few months, um, yeah, I just kind of grew out my hair and mm. Um, it was, I mean, it was short, but it, it was like, you know, like acceptably socially short, not like a bowl cut or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I like secretly grew out my hair and I yeah. was just like always wearing a veil and then like no one ever saw my hair. <laughs> I'm still going to imagine it was like some like middle of the night, like escape. So imagine like <laughs> jump out the window and you're like, pull the veil off. And you're like, yes. <laughs> <Freedom>, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So that was like the hair situation, but okay. Um, And then, so did you, like when you said you came back and you were barely learning how to drive and like you, you were like learning to be an adult, did you like sit down and like, maybe it wasn't like this formal process, but were you sitting down? Like, these are the steps, like I need to kind of like get myself to like feel more like an adult and like all these things of like, kind of like a checklist of like things you wanted to do once you got back. Yeah, I definitely did that because I'm I'm pretty like, a, I'm a very like result driven person and like goal oriented person. So when I came back, I definitely had like a, okay, like I want to do this. So then like, once I get back, I'm going to enroll in college, then I'm going to start driving, then I'm going to get a part-time job. Um, so I had like, so, I mean, like within the four, like four, four, three months of me coming back, I did all the 
those things. I got oh, okay. like a part-time job. I enrolled nice. in college. I started learning how to drive. Like I was just like, I need to become an adult. I need to catch up. Like yeah. I was like, I, cause like, I feel like too, when I was like younger, like even before nun life, like whenever I imagined like my life as an adult, like I always imagined like a friends, like the friends, the show situation where I'm like, I'm a working girl living <laughs> in the city in her own apartment. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I feel like those goals never, like that dream never really went away. So like when the moment I got back, it was nice. just like, I, I hit the ground running. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And my, my mom was like, Hey, like maybe you should slow down, give yourself time to kind of adjust. And, you know, I was like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I would just go for it but obviously like I'm gonna mom, enroll in college and finish yeah. in the same day <laughs> dude for real oh man I was like I had I had a big chip on my shoulder I was definitely out for blood <laughs> so which 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 uh character from friends are you then oh fuck I probably relate mostly to Rachel because she's so lost when she enters the show and then you know and then she becomes like this like boss bitch at like Ralph Lauren you know what I mean so yeah. like but yeah, like I just, I definitely like that was like my vision for myself. You know what I mean? So, but okay. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, and you mentioned like you didn't feel like you had like any PTSD. So, do you feel like there was, and that was going to be my next question if you feel like there was any like trauma that came from the situation or like did you come out feeling like mad angry in the very beginning or was it more so like you were actively trying to like not ever like feel those things? Yeah. So like, I mean, I, 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 ref- I like look at my life, like pre nun life and then like during nun life and then post nun life, like that's kind of like how I like break up like my life so far. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's been eight years post nun life. Um, I celebrate my anniversary of leaving every year. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. And um, I, the first year that I came back, I was so scared of like the world and so I was really just like keeping to myself keeping to like my schedule like I said like I had a a part-time job but it was like a part part part-time job I think I worked like like 12 hours a week like it was like hella part-time you know what I mean yeah and so and I didn't have co-workers at that job I was working with children so like you know what I mean like I I was just I was just kind of like sticking to myself like living under like my little rock and I was I really thought like I was okay when I left like I was like yeah, you know, like I took the time to like discern and now I'm out and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live a holy life. Like I still was going to church every day and like, oh, okay. Yeah. I was still like in it, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and then about, so you were still like it, like you were still committed. It was just like, I just don't want to be away from my family. Like, I don't want to be there like 24 seven. Yeah. Like I just kind of felt like, okay, like I tried my best and it didn't work out for me. So like now God wants me to do something else. Like that's how I felt. Right. And so like the first year, like I was just kind of doing that. And like, even cause in the nun life we have like a, like a habit is what we call it. It's a called a habit, but it's like a uniform, how like the nuns that you see on TV, like it's their uniform. Yeah. So like the long dress and like, I could show you a fucking picture after this, but um, sorry, sorry to cut you off. But since you, since you mentioned that you were still going to the church, I'm curious, like in, in that church that you were going to, like, was that the kind of like the goal like was it kind of like a thing of like oh yeah like you you go through that process and go off so then like if you were to go back there it's like oh I thought you like went off to the nunnery where are you here like is it kind of like what everybody's leading to no it was just because that was all I knew oh, okay 
you know what I mean? Like I was still, I was, I feel like I, even though I left like the nunnery, like I felt, I still felt like this commitment to like be holy. Got it. In that sense. So like, and also like that was like all I knew for seven years. That's what, that's what I was trained for. You know what I mean? So like that felt comforting in like a world that I had no clue how to like deal with. Yeah. So it was still something familiar for you. Yeah. And then after a year, that's when the anger started to come in. (laughs) And um, that's when I got like, yeah, like I just, I just got so angry. And so like the realization of like, wow, what they did was super fucked up. And it was like, and the anger wasn't even about like that per se, but it was more like, I felt like how fucked up I was because I really thought that I was like a-okay when I left. And like after a year, I started to really like deal with like this trauma, I guess you can call it. And like these things that I felt like were so heavy on me and things that really prevented me from like living my life, you know, and like being happy. And um, that's when I got angry because I was like, wow, they're the ones who fucked up. And I'm the one who, I'm the one who has to clean up this mess because no one else is going to fucking do it for me. And I was so like bitter about that. And so I was so angry the second year going into like post nun life. And, you know, it was like this anger of, I discovered drinking and like partying. And so we, I, and then I met friends who would like take me out and like, show me the world, show me that world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I felt like, I was definitely like on this like thing for a couple of years of like anything that reminded me of nun life I would just like no like fuck that and it's not even necessarily like bad things it was just like anything that like triggered something in me right like any kind of attitude or anything that someone would say to me I just be like no like don't fucking talk to me like that you know what I mean and so I was just like really bitter I was really bitter and I was really angry for a while and I felt that a lot I guess like a lot of the trauma that I experienced I would say like in nun life or like a lot of the things that I experienced in nun life that affected me like post nun life was like very much rooted in like relationships because you don't know how to navigate that or you don't learn how to navigate that when you're in nun life like especially like romantic relationships like Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I definitely had this mentality of like, oh, like, because they told us that like, love requires sacrifice, but you can't fucking apply that in the real world. (laughs) You know, like, if you're you're fucking suffering in a relationship, it's not a healthy relationship anymore. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's it's called toxic for a fucking reason. (laughs) Right, exactly. But, but, you know, like, I did No one's out there like, I'm looking for a toxic relationship. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) To eat your own, if you are, like, who does you, girl? I can't deal with it. But, like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, and I felt, like, the more pushback I felt in, like, relationships of, like, suffering, the more I leaned into it. And the more I felt, like, oh, I need to fight for this because this is what love is, you know? Yeah. And um, it took a long time to unlearn that lesson. Um, and, you know, also this like the the whole navigating like not being able to like say what you actually feel or what you actually like your opinions on something and it could be as simple as like 
do you like fucking cheese pizza? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Do you? Like, I don't mind. Like, you know what I mean? Like it would, oh, I, yeah. and I, and I still do that. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like it's really because I really don't mind, um, now, but yeah. it was definitely more like it's just still indifference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, but it was like that, but if you can like see it, like in a bigger way, like it, it impacts you like in a larger way, like in your life, like where it's like, oh, we're not giving you the promotion because whatever and you're like oh okay well like that's the hand that was dealt to me like what can I do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you just accept your fate because that's what I was taught like you don't make decisions you know and yeah. I think the biggest thing too was like especially Total, like like kicking your for your confidence yeah and it was yeah. like a big like self-esteem just like like because you don't learn how to make decisions you know and like yeah. making decisions as a young adult gives you confidence right and like if you don't have, if you, if you believe you don't have that power, then you can't, you can't live in this world. You can't do anything. You know, it's just so you're just Which following what happened. Like, just like the example you gave for work. It's like, if you're not going to be decisive, like someone else is going to decide for you. Yeah. So yeah. like, and even if you really don't know which you want, like you better choose one or someone's going to pick it for you regardless. Yeah. And I was literally like in the worst, in the toxic way or the unhealthy way of going with the flow. And and the thing was like, that's fine if that's like your cup of tea, but I was so miserable doing that. Like I was so miserable just like going along with people and letting other people decide like what our relationship would be and how things are going to be, how, you know, like, when am I going to drive? When am I not going to, you know what I mean? Like I was so just like used to like people making decisions for me and like being fine with it. Because and so I, you knew sometimes what decision you wanted. You just didn't want to speak up. That's the thing I didn't know. Like, so I it was always even... just not knowing. It was never like, oh, I kind of yeah. know, but I don't really want to stir the pot. Like, I think, I think there was um, some moments, obviously, where I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that, but like, know, whatever. Like, yeah, like it's whatever. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, or try to convince yourself, like, yeah, I don't really. Care. Yeah, try to convince yourself that you don't really give a shit, but you actually do. And like, and also like the whole, like, you know, we all grow up, especially women, I feel like we all grow up as like people pleasers, right? But I think in the environment that I was in, it made it so much worse as an adult, Yeah. where like, it would, it was like, and, and at the same time, like, again, I was so fucking miserable doing it. Like I was, I was like dying inside every time I was like, yeah, okay, but the the you know like the logic in my head was like but it's easier not to like stir the pot not to like cause conflict because like if you love somebody you're going to choose peace you're going to choose if you love someone you put their needs in front of yours like this whole like altruistic thing but I prided myself on that because I was like yeah like like I'm I'm I like love other people like I put other people before me and I don't mean like I don't mean that as a flex really because I really don't believe that people should do that nowadays um yeah like you should love yourself first you you should be like the main character of your life and like that those are lessons that took a really long time to like unlearn and even until now like it's still like you know it seeps up and like you go through it but it's it doesn't it doesn't feel like this huge thing in my life anymore but yeah, like those are just some to name a few. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of like the whole like happy wife, happy life thing. Cause it's like, that's cool if you're fine with it in certain situations where you're like, oh, whatever's gonna make her happy, cool. But then also it's like, that can become resentful. Like if you're just like always like whatever you want, it's like, are, is, 
are you always going against what you want though? Like yeah. you're never going to get what you want in it. And then you can just be miserable. And then that's going to lead to like resentment and like toxicity, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Yeah. Cause that's my gripe with that whole, like, you know, people pleasing and like tap happy life, happy wife kind of like narrative is that like, you can do that. And then you can tell yourself at the end of the day, like, oh, I'm a good person because I put the other, because I put the needs of someone else before mine, mm-hmm. but we're human. And that shit always comes back to bite us in the ass because oh, yeah. what's the, what's the use of doing all that shit? If you're just going to be angry at the other person, like, that's not fair sure. too. That's not fair too. Right. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, that's why it's just like, dude, just like fucking do like, do what you need to do. Be honest. Like in the extent mm-hmm. that you can. Right. Like, cause I know like, it's not easy to be hundred percent honest, like for sure. But yeah. like, but fuck. Yeah, dude. Like just, I feel like those were like such huge things in my life that really debilitated like me and like growing and like living. Like it just felt so suffocating to be drowning in that every day. Like, and to feel like I didn't know how to get out of it. Like I just, I was just kind of like, fuck you. Like, is this just like the forever thing I'm going to like always have to deal with? Like, am I never going to like be able to like love my life? You know what I mean? Like, I just want yeah. to love my life, man. Like, right. <laughs> and like, and, and it was just kind of like, oh, dude, this fucking sucks. Like, I hate this. Yeah. But you don't know, you don't know how to like stop the the wheel at that point because it's just so ingrained in you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you have any any triggers now? Do you feel like they've gotten a lot less? Do you feel like there's sometimes you like feel like you're good and then something like triggers you and you're like, oh shit, that's still there. Um, a lot of times, but I feel like they happen like less often now for sure. Um, but one thing that I, is still definitely like a, like, I know it's a trigger and like, it'll probably always kind of be a trigger to a certain extent is like one time we went to our friend's wedding and they got married in a Catholic church. And I haven't been in a church at this point, like in years, you know, like I, I, after, after I got angry, obviously, like I quit going to church and like, just became really resentful. So you were only, you were going for like a year and then I was, I was going, I was going for like a year and then I got angry and then I kind of like dropped all my church friends because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, not really because of them, but just because of the environment, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, so I, I, we went to the wedding. Um, Brian was a groomsman. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting with like our homies, like in the back of the church. Cause they're, they're not like, Catholic but uh, the groom was very like religious and the wife was very religious so it was like a traditional Catholic mass and wedding and oh my god like I had no idea that like I would have such a physical response to like what was happening in the mass like my heart started beating a lot or like really really quickly and like I was just like getting a little sweaty and I was like having like a little mini panic it's back where I was like oh my god I really don't want to be so it was just literally being in there yeah and like and I oh, do man. feel, I do feel that way in like, not even like in, obviously like Catholic churches are like worse for me, but like in any kind of like religious um, setting, mm. like I just kind of like get this ick. <laughs> I just, I just get like this, like kind of like panicky, like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even, especially when people start talking to me about religion, I'm definitely like, a snob a little bit of a snob about it because I'm like if like once they start like preaching and all that stuff like I just can't I just can't do it I just can't do it like I just kind of tune out or I just kind of 
like I I really like I'm always so tempted to be a bitch about it and just be like yo <laughs> if you if you left your fucking life and dedicated yourself to your fucking religion for seven years, then talk to me. But if you haven't done that, don't fucking talk to me. And like, you know, that's kind of yeah. like the, superi- the superiority complex that I have about it. But yeah, I hate, I hate but it. But I mean, like, it makes sense, right? We all have like our own perceptions and like views on things based on our own lived experience. So yeah. And, yeah. and like, it's not, it's not like talking about religion. It's the preaching about like whatever, because we can't like the, the pressure is, aspect. Well, like, you know, when people like start preaching about like, whatever their religious beliefs are, trying to convince you that, you know, like, whatever their religion is like the truth. And like, Mm. I've, I've, I've just really deconstructed that already with myself where like religion is so subjective. And it's really like a relationship between like a person and like spirituality, right. Mm. And it's like, dude, like, just stop, just stop. Because you're no matter how much breath, like you put out into like, the oxygen in this room no one you're not going to change anyone's fucking mind if they're not ready to change their mind you know what I mean like yeah it's like a pointless conversation which is why I just hate having it like it just irks me so much yeah and that's I think that's the kind of like tone for anything like Mm -hmm. you you know you could apply it to like someone with an addiction and it's like oh you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped or like for example mm-hmm. I remember having two friends that were like going at it that they had opposing um views on something separate from religion but it was like it was more so like just kind of badgering the other about something right and I'm like yeah maybe maybe lead with questions like if yeah. you're just really curious about their side of things like oh why blah 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 lead with questions and never have the intention of changing someone's mind because like yeah because that's not a conversation they're anymore defensive yeah you're talking at them you're not talking with them mm-hmm. yeah. and that's why th- those those conversations really irk me because I feel like they're like a lot of them really start in religion or like I've, ex- I've I guess like the most that I've experienced it is like a religion kind of like base situation like they would prepare us like we would have classes of like how to talk to a protestant and <laughs> just be like oh my god like what like what like this what you know what I mean and it's like yeah. th- those things I'm just like oh my god this is like so pointless like let people believe what they want to believe like I don't know why you're so crazy about it but yeah those those things <laughs> Like, I think those things, like, really trigger me now and, like, really just, like, uh, I just can't do it. Like, I'd really just, I'd have to walk away and stuff like that. But, yeah, yeah any any kind of, like, a religious service. Like, my friends um, who are, like, Christian, they they were, like, oh, like, you know, like, they, they knew my story. I was, like, talking to them about it. And they're, like, oh, maybe you should come to, like, a service. Um, I think they went to, like, the Sandals Church, like, you know, like, the big one, like, worldwide. I think it's worldwide known. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I went give it a try or whatever and like I was like nope not for this me. is recently <laughs> no no this was like a, like probably like four four years ago now yeah. I'm just like now I'm just like cold turkey you know? I'm just like yeah I'm cool good. yeah <laughs> I, I tried we're yeah. good you're good Do you, um <laughs> did you happen to have any like like a technique or like was there any way that you were able to like calm yourself that day that you were at that wedding like was there any way for you to like tell you like did you were you talking to yourself of like calm down breathe like anything no, I think it was more like I was surprised. I was surprised that I was having like this reaction because I think that was the first time that I did have a reaction like that. And like, I think I was just more like, wow, like what the fuck's happening right now? Yeah. Like, is this because I'm not like, like, I mean, it has to be right. Like, there's no other really reason for it. Like, I that's where my mind kind of goes. Like, I'm just I just start to like observe myself and I'm just mm-hmm. like, 
damn, damn, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> so then do you now prepare? Like if like, say like Brian's like, oh, we got a wedding to go to this weekend. Are you going to be like, okay, I need to like do some extra yoga here. And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely mentally prepare now, especially like, you know, with like funerals, obviously you don't want to like, you don't, you don't want to be like, oh, I can't go. You know what I mean? Like I, right. I would never say that um, yeah. just because it, for me, it's, it's not like an end of the world kind of feeling where I'm like, I really can't do it. Like I can do it, but you know, just a little panic attack happens. Um, yeah. Brian's really good about it too. Like um, I've talked to him about it. And like, if he's sitting with me, he'll just like kind of hold my hand and like squeeze it, telling me to like, chill, yeah. it's okay. You're fine. You know? And I'm like, nice. oh, you're right. Yeah. I'm not in my life anymore. <laughs> and so like, yeah. I think those, yeah, those things help. And I, I feel like I'm a lot more like aware of it now so it's not yeah. too crazy but that first time I was just like whoa what the fuck's happening man yeah this is no, that's, crazy that's cra- I think see, I started like Brian he's got your back I know <laughs> look at me praising him and shit <laughs> we're gonna cut this part out we don't need to get too much just, <laughs> don't stroke his ego too much he gets too big-headed <laughs> his neck might break from like all the air inside his head man don't do it to him <laughs> he's, he's, he's like reaching for the phone to text you right now like tell me shit <laughs> I always talk shit, so it's not a surprise. You can be <laughs> I have to text him after this. Be like, Flo's cool. Um, she's my friend now. I don't need you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good goodbye forever. Goodbye. Fuck, fuck you, Brian. I would love to dive into some listener questions if you got a little yes, bit more. Yes, fire away. I hope you're enjoying the conversations with Flo. As you all know, I post question boxes on my Instagram story to gather questions from all of you. The responses came pouring in on this one. Stay tuned for our bonus episode coming out this Friday as Flo joins to answer your burning questions.